When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Orale, homies. Hey, all you wuckos that walk in schooling, man. You gotta take a trip back with these dudes, eh? Toscano and Chang, and they got some other homie with them today, eh? You know what I said? Let's jump in my ride, bro, and take a ride all the way back to the east. Orale. Let me explain something to you. I am a vintage, mass-marketed children's toy from the 80s. Welcome back to the 80s, everybody, where every Friday we are introducing the 80s to a whole new generation. Great to have you with us on this beautiful Friday. End of a normal work week for a lot of people, but we're not living in normal times. It's a new era of working from home, so it seems like... You know, when the weekend arrives, we don't want to stay home. We want to get the heck out of Dodge. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang hanging out with you, reminiscing and bringing back the nostalgic memories of the great 80s. I want to remind you guys that we are on Facebook. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can do so by sending us a direct message and also reminding you guys that we are on Patreon. Give us a hand. Help us stay on the air so you, too, can be a part of bringing the 80s to that generation that has no idea of what we went through i want you guys to stay tuned as well because october 31st that's right october 31st halloween back to the 80s is having our grand halloween launch chang how the heck are you i know today's a very special day because today we kick off this madness halloween celebration and we have a very special guest too which is going to make it changtastic as you would say Oh, I would say Changtastic. This cat is going to make you feel Changerific. He's either going to trick us or is he a treat? We only give him one name, and I don't know if I should let the cat out of the trick-or-treat bag yet <laughs> or if we should just wait. Cats and kitties, boys and girls, rockers and rockets, how are you all doing on this fine Friday as you listen to the No Fraud Podcast? Back to the ease. Of course, I am always seated by everyone's favorite Italian since Chef Boyardee, the magnificent, the marvelous, the well-built human specimen of rock and roll talk radio, Toscano, and our fine friend that is hiding out right now in an alley we cannot give reference to, Captain Entertainment is in the building. That's all I'm going to say. I'm so giddy. I've got goosebumps. Goosebumps! Hey, so we've got another week to go before Halloween. So we want to kick off the celebration with Back to the 80s. And we want (laughs) you to enjoy everything that we've got planned out for you. Tonight's special guest is the man 
who needs some introduction. Oh, yes, because please, he, lay it on me. He is not only the man, the myth, and the legend of oh. L.A. Radio himself. Oof. I mean, Rex. As, as Chang would say, in his own mind, and ours, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. We've no. got J.C., or as Chang likes to call him, Captain Entertainment. But you guys are going to find out why the Captain Entertainment part. J.C., thanks wow. for being on Back to the 80s. Man, every time we see you, we just want to go to Vegas. I wonder why. I have missed you guys so much. I mean, it's been it's been a few years since we've done this thing regular and in person yes, together in the same room. But mm-hmm. this is a this is a virtual room that we're in, and uh, I want to thank you guys for inviting me into yours. So appreciate that. I'm really digging Chang stuff, so <laughs> I feel right at home with there. There's some really familiar things in the background. So oh, yeah. thank you so much for that, brothers. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's always great to have you. So. Uh, let me ask you, JC, what have you been up to since the last time we, we all got together? You know, uh, for those of you who don't know, JC, Chang, and myself, we used to do our radio thing in, here in the L.A. market. And uh, we did a, a couple of shows here, and it was we had a blast on it. But what did you do since the last time? I think that was, what, probably 2012, 2013? So around uh, mid-2016, maybe 2017. I moved out here to Las Vegas, so that's where I'm at now. Near Henderson area, if anybody's familiar with the Vegas area. Oh, so yeah. I'm calling uh, Lake Las Vegas his home because I don't have the beach. So that's the next best uh, thing of water that I can get my hands on and the vibe is great there. So it's not too bad. So I've been doing uh, voice acting out here, getting together with uh, some marketing and PR stuff with some of the uh, local areas near the Strip. I'm not going to say on the Strip, but I haven't had a chance over, over the past couple of years before before, uh, you know, before COVID and the world closed down to uh, get an opportunity to meet some great talents out here, some comedians, some fellow talk radio people, some musicians. I love them. So hopefully things are going to be opening back up in the near future. They are talking about that slowly but surely on the strip at least and away from it. So I hope to get right back into that as soon as possible and help out with that where I can. For those of you who don't know, JC is also a very experienced screenwriter. If I'm not mistaken, JC, and I know you have done some really, really cool things. And uh, what I wanted to do is talk a little bit about Halloween and some of those things, because this is an all 80s show and some of those movies that startled us during the 80s. We all know what the 80s brought us. And for us at that time and during those times, they were scary. Yes, Mm -hmm. there were also cheesy movies for us at that time. Honestly, you got to give a hats off to the, the special effects people you yeah. know because they did amazing things back in the day with what they had yeah i mean they right. didn't have cgi and things nowhere near what they have right now yeah and actually if you talk to a lot of the diehard uh prop masters and cinematographers and things like that cgi is actually a cop-out in a lot of ways yeah it's a way to, you know that, I'm, I'm not saying that the, the cgi masters are they're wickedly talented i mean i they're making more money than we are. Yeah, but, I, I uh, can, and they're really damn good at what they do. And I, you know, right. And these kids <laughs> talking about being in the '80s, these kids are half our age, and they're making mega bucks doing that that kind of stuff for the films. But back yeah. in the '80s, we had some great films. Basically, here's the thing that I feel about the '80s. The '80s to me was one of the best decades you can talk about. We had positiveness where there was negativeness around us. We made the best of what we had. 
we know what it was like to go outside until the street lights came on and our parents are yelling out on the porch telling us to get in the house. Right on. We knew what it was like to get dirty in the yard and climb trees and not right. hide in the house and play video games and things like that all day long. We, we drank from a freaking hose right. in the yard, right? <laughs> Honestly, the soundtrack of our high school years was failed in a lot of these films that we're going to probably talk about tonight. You know, classic yeah. rock, of course. Got to put our love into that. Um, but the 80s, you know, was basically the soundtrack of our life. And a lot of these movies and a lot of these songs we're going to talk about mm-hmm. still resonate and they still hold up to this day. Enough right. to where a lot of them have actually been covered again. Uh, you know what? As a matter of fact, uh, I, I caught wind of a track today uh, that uh, our good friend Mike uh, sent me on uh, my Changsters Gangsters page. And it is a remake from Miley Cyrus doing a Blondie song. And I got to tell you both, at first I was like, oh, no, it's not going to work. But I really thought she did a pretty good job on it. She kind of made it her own. You were looking at, at her performance costume. That's what you were looking no. at. No, yeah, you know what? No, I'm not a dirty pig like you want to think. <laughs> but no, uh, I'm not attracted to her at all. Uh, you know what? She just she does nothing for me for me in that uh, manner. I'm not saying she's ugly or anything, but she's just not my cup of tea. But I have to tell you, bro, I did like that song, and I'm 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 putting Vegas type money on the wow. table that if JC hears it he's going to like it well, and you are going cover, to be ousted out no my friend <laughs> in my opinion was it her cover of, of Call Me by chance yes yeah I heard it and I would not be able to listen to it again as a matter of fact I couldn't finish I got to the her first chorus line I, I, I had to change it some songs just need to be left alone and stay the test of time the way that they were built and the way they were made by the Toscano was listening with his Billy Ray Cyrus uh, wig on, so he's, uh, I don't think it was going through his ears. But he had it on backwards. The long hair was over his face. I wanted to separate the movies that I wanted to talk about. I brought very few, and I'm going to talk very briefly about them. And the first one that I wanted to talk about, JC, I know that you've seen this movie. Chang, I'm pretty sure you've seen this movie. To me, I was never a real fan of paranormal scary movies because those were the real scary movies for me. So movies such as, you know, slasher films and things like that fall into a different category for me. But I wanted to get this out of the way because the scariest movie that I saw in the 80s with the paranormal theme was Amityville 2, The Possession, which came out in 1982, directed by a fellow named Damiano Damiani. And okay. uh, do you guys remember the Amityville Horror? I yes, do. That was in the 70s. Like right. The or late 70s well, yeah. Part Margo two. Kidder. Yeah. Margo Kidder. That crazy Margo. lady. Yeah. Part yeah. two yeah. came out in 1982. And it was freakishly horrifying to me at such a young age. Especially there is a scene there where in the middle of the night, they just start pounding at the door. And the, the father of the family runs downstairs, opens the door. There's nobody there. Well, he goes back up, and this happens two or three times. And then he goes down with a shotgun, and he he's about to close the door, and that spirit, whatever was there, goes in through the door. When the family goes back upstairs, you can see this, you know, the, 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 the camera is doing, is 
going through the motions of walking upstairs as if it is the right. spirit and turns right. towards the crucifix that's on the wall and gets a sheet and tosses it over the crucifix. That was by far one of the scariest movies that I saw in the 80s. Amityville 2, The Possession. Well, I'd say you were probably what? You were, I, I'm going to go to live and say you were a child when you saw this. I was 10 years old in 1982, okay. but I didn't see it in 1982. I think I saw it when I was around, well, not too far after, but about 13 or 14, and it just okay. creeped me out. But you were also brought up heavily with uh, your uh, uh, faith in Christ. Well, yeah. Th- well, yes and no, because when I was a, a kid, my mom wasn't really uh, practicing uh, you know, mm-hmm. we would go to church once in a while. So I still had this in my mind, but I guess that's why it scared me even more. But anything oh, with yeah. par- paranormal things, it just, no, can't, I couldn't do them. So did you wet your pants a lot at paranormal activities <laughs> no. uh, within your household? Never, or, never. Uh, movies on this? Never. <laughs> but, but let me tell you something interesting, and I'll tell you why I always got scared. Because at the age of five, now that we're talking, we're going back to the 70s. My mm-hmm. aunt, my mother's sister, older sister, decided to take us to the to the theaters in the 70s. I'm five years old, and guess what movie she decided to take us to see? The Exorcist. The Exorcist at five years old. Yeah, you don't do that to a kid that's five years old. That'll, when that phone rings twice as loud as it does normally in the theater, you lose your mind. That'll mm-hmm. traumatize a yeah. kid yeah, for that'll, eternity. That'll, that'll so. you. Yeah, you all need to go to the bathroom and get more coke. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Or go flying into the audience with the people around you. That's a good day, man. That's a good day. Not at five years old, my friend. But uh, going into the paranormal movies, Cheng and JC, what is the scariest paranormal movie that you guys have seen in the 80s? The closest would be Poltergeist. Oh, come Uh, on. 1982. That's on my list. Uh, Okay, that's that's actually a very good movie. Yeah, and that was a very creepy movie. You want to talk about ghost stories? Supposedly, there was a lot of crazy things, uh, spooky things happening on the set while they were making that film. You are correct. Yeah, well, look and what happened to the cast. We lost two of the main uh, character actors in the film after they were made. Shortly after, as well. So right, right. That's a that's a sad story. So, for anyone listening out there, you might want to go ahead and uh, Google that because. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some spooky, scary stuff that passed in the Poltergeist movie yes, as exactly. well as the two girls, the two young ladies that were attached to the film. The older sister, she was literally murdered in her front yard oh right. by her right. boyfriend. Wow. Right. And the little girl, um, she died. She had some kind of uh, uh, medical uh, situation with her stomach or right. something like that. She died. Mm-hmm. So she's placed at Westwood Memorial in, in uh, Los Angeles. At the cemetery, the same cemetery that uh, Dean Martin and Marilyn Monroe were at. Yeah. And oh. now he's here. Interestingly so, yeah. enough, and that movie introduced one of the scariest movie scenes with clown dolls ever. Oh, come on, man. Don't talk about clowns. <laughs> I should have put yeah, the disclaimer man. out there before I got on the air with you guys. We don't talk about clowns. So now I know uh, your weakness, JC. I thought JC. I was going to talk about because it, the, the original TV miniseries, the two parter. For it that came out with uh, Tim Curry actually happened in 1979. So I thought I was going to dodge a bullet and not have to talk about it because we're talking 80s here. Yeah. But yeah. now you brought clowns up. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, brother. All right. Get well, and anytime. Damn it. So, uh, Chang, you chose Poltergeist. JC, can't wait to hear yours. Halloween is 
really, really close. I mean, like a hair's breadth away from being my favorite holiday beyond Christmas. Right. My holiday season starts now. Okay, let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm on my own 30 days of Halloween movie fest that I have, and I've been doing that, uh, you know, traditionally for years. You know, there's just some movies that I need to watch to be put into the holiday spirit. Yeah, yeah. And with the COVID thing, kind of putting a putting a wrench into everything, being able to go out and celebrate Halloween the way that we used to and the way that we should be able to, got to be in that vibe. So what I've been doing lately is stopping down my old uh, John Carpenter favorites. Mm. John Carpenter is one of my favorite directors and writers of all time for horror. And we're, we're going to talk about The Fog, because I watched that recently. Um, 1980 is when that one came out. So it just came, came into the 80s, so it counts. That was a and very creepy movie. Adrian Barbeau, man, come on. She was hot. Oh, yeah, she second, was, brother. It was the second movie for Jamie Lee Curtis to make shortly after she made Halloween. There's another um, hottie. And her mom, uh, Janet Leigh, is in the movie. Janet Leigh. Mm. Psycho. I talked about The Fog, and you were talking earlier, and thank you for that, uh, about my screenwriting uh, things. Uh, the Fog is a huge, huge influence on one of the scripts and screen, uh, ideas that I've actually talked to you guys about. Um the working title is Dead Air. Oh. Having to do with broadcasters like us. I was going to bring you know? that up, but I said, no, I don't know if he wants to talk about that <laughs> at all. Not even the title, but yeah, I was well, thinking about fog, that. Yeah, the fog, is a, the fog is a huge influence on my um, backstory and my ideas for Dead Air. Um, writing. You should have me and Toscano star as the two dead jocks. <laughs> <laughs> we will discuss that. We will, we will go into that. But the fog is great. It's just a good old-fashioned ghost story because it, it doesn't celebrate gore. It doesn't have to get bloody. It's just it's sometimes. Here's the thing, in my opinion, the things that you can't see, the things that are off-screen sometimes, the things that you have to just stop down and think about for a sec mm-hmm. or two, mm-hmm. and sometimes scare the crap out of you more than the things that you see in a hack. Exactly. Yeah, I hundred percent agree it's with the you. Things that we got my theater of the mind can be yes. a whole hell of a lot more scarier than what they could put on a screen sometimes. That's exactly, that's exactly right? why I had mentioned uh, the paranormal movies in the beginning, because okay. I want to get through and out of that uh, genre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I would say, you know, because there's ghosts in there, it's just a good old-fashioned ghost story. So for anyone who hasn't stopped down to watch it, they did. Unfortunately, we're talking about covers and remakes. It was remade within, I'd say, the past 10 years, and the guy, I, I forgot his name, I wasn't really a big fan. The guy who played uh, Clark Kent on Smallville, he played in the movie. That movie, that that remake of the Fog oh, yeah. doesn't stand up at all. You need to go back to the 1980 version, the John Carpenter version, yeah, mm-hmm. and watch that one because and watch it in the dark, watch it with some popcorn, and watch it with somebody that will jump into your lap because it's going to yeah. happen. You know, you want yeah. that type of. Movie. But then I went to Christine. I went. That's a Stephen King movie that John oh. Carpenter all. It was a great movie. That beauty of a car, 57, Plymouth Fury, man. That beauty mm-hmm. is a beast. Okay? Yes. Watch that last night as a double header with The Fog and Halloween. We're talking about the original Halloween. Yeah. Now, the, can't really talk about that technically because that was 1978. Yeah, correct. But 70, Halloween, yeah. 2, Halloween 2 came out in 1982, so we can talk about Halloween 2. Yeah. The sequel. Now, I want to talk about the differences between the Halloween and the Friday the 13th films. In today's thinking, 
Um, Halloween, I'm thinking about Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, which was in 1988. These movies are, to me, are better than the Friday the 13th movies, except for the first one. But that was 70s, the very first okay. uh, Friday the 13th. Because okay. anything after Friday the 13th, it, uh, the first one, or let's just say after the second one, everything starts becoming a little on the very extremely predictable side, and it starts becoming so cheesy. Now like, I'm thinking not literally campy because it, it takes place in a camp. Correct. So you know, but the original, the, the irony about the original by the 13th, 1980. Technically, it came out. It was released in 1980. So it just skimmed into the 80s. Right. And ironically, Jason himself, yeah, isn't part of the movie. He's not the main factor of the original Friday 13th really at all. Correct. It's, it's his, his mom. Yeah. It's his mom. Yeah. He doesn't, Jason doesn't show up until the other movie. Yeah, correct. So, you know. Um, so what I was saying. Yeah, so what I was saying is Halloween, the Halloween movies to me are much better slasher films. He is to me a much better villain in, in that sense. There's, I mean, there's, I this is just for me. Michael Myers is my favorite horror villain, you want to say. Yeah. Because he just doesn't stop. He's right. like a Terminator. He's and, like the Terminator of horror films. Yeah. He just does not stop. Yeah, and he doesn't walk fast. He doesn't run. He it's just no, walks. He's like a he's like a he's like a great white shark. He he's like a, he's like he's a tiger. Literally got you know black eyes like a great white. He doesn't mm -hmm. have to move fast like he said. He's deliberate in what he's going to do, and he he's 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 just merciless. There is no there is no um, working with this guy. No, he's just going to yeah. get you. <laughs> now, I've got a movie for both of you guys. Are you ready for this? Back in the 80s. Ready when Terror you are. Train. What, you do, do you guys recall Terror Train? I've heard of it. I haven't sat down with it in a long time. So You know, I was very into scary movies, but I've only heard the movie. I have never seen it. Now, this is a thrilling movie that I think you guys should check out or revisit if you've already seen it, JC. Where it's funny because the the killer is wearing clown apparel, oh. and he's hacking everybody on a train that is partying on New Year's Eve. Faster. So, now this movie is called what again? Terror Train. Terror Train. Now speaking of of slasher and slashing clowns, clowns have you ever seen oh. Killer Clowns from Outer Space? You know, you know, you want to stop with the killer clown talk. You want to just move past that. There's a whole lot of other, whole lot of other movies to talk about. All right, JC, go ahead, JC. Wow. What's uh, what's the next movie you have? Well, let's talk about some movies, for instance, that have a little bit of a dark humor to them. I mean, okay. they're still kids scary as hell, right? Perfect, perfect. But um, yeah, dark humor because the best thing about a horror film is the adrenaline rush. You know, we gotta agree on that. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's a roller coaster. Yeah. It is. You, know, you got the highs and the lows, right? That's a good right. horror film. Right. Okay. The ones that have some dark humor in them, where you, you kind of get a breather for a minute, you kind of get, get, get catch your breath before the slasher comes around the corner. Okay. Well, if we want to talk about American Werewolf in London. Oh yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Great movie. Right? It had That's little right. bits of comedy in there, especially had when a little bit of comedy in there. Yeah. Had a great soundtrack. Yeah. The dead friend comes back to life and. He's got exactly. the little Mickey Mouse, and he starts talking with a little yeah. Mickey Mouse voice. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, scary as hell, man. But it, you know, that's going on. The comedy is happening. So, you know, there's there's some cheese factor to that, but you've got to you kind of welcome that. I mean, even the toughest person in the room 
got to kind of take a breather from some of these these films we're talking about back, especially back in the 80s when horror or these things were kind of fresh and new to us and CGI wasn't all over the place to scare the pants off of us. Mm-hmm. But, okay, like Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. Okay, two different movies. Ironically, came out the same year, 85. And I I remember being, or Dawn, I'm sorry, Day of the Dead and Return of the, of the Living Dead. Yeah, the Return of the Living Dead, which was 85, correct. Day of the Dead was directed by George Romero. Who did mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead, you know, and, and Dawn of the Dead. Okay, so that's classic. That's a Romero. You know his stance all over the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Return of the Living Dead was a little bit more campy. But I love Day of the Return of the Living Dead because it had more of an 80s new wave theme to it. You know, the zombies that came back, they had, like, some of them had, like, mohawks and things like that. And the soundtrack <laughs> kind of badass. Yeah. So you could kind of return to Return of the Living Dead, and that was a little comedic. Beetlejuice. No, that's not technically scary. That's 88. Maybe not 88. Made Michael Keaton put him on the map. Yeah. Yep. Right? Right. But there's a lot of humor in there. You gotta go with that. It still stands up today. You know, you still want to watch it. It's still fun. Um, it's on my list to watch. I love it. Totally yeah, Beetlejuice is something that you can even watch with a younger audience and they won't freak out. You it's know? the one that you want to pass on to your kids. Yeah. yeah. It's the one that you want to watch with your kids. Yeah, I remember going to take my children to go see Beetlejuice at the theater. Yeah. Awesome movie. I'm a big fan. I love Michael Keaton. I, to me, Michael Keaton, you're Batman, brother. You're, you're Batman. Exactly. Thank and the you. thing is that Danny Elfman started really getting in his transformation from being an Oingo Boingo into soundtracks. And yes, exactly. And Good Beetlejuice, point. Batman, all of those films were under his, you know, multi-wicked yes. talents. You know, yes. so... He was in charge of all of that. We're talking about Ghostbusters, of course, 84. Mm-hmm. You know, the original Ghostbusters, 1984. So we're going to get into music, hopefully, in a couple of seconds, too. But the Ghostbusters had comedy, obviously. Once you get past that library scene in the very beginning and that freakish librarian from hell comes out and scares the pants off. You get to relax. More popcorn and go. You know, it's all a good ride. It's just a good follow. And Lost Boys. Okay, when you got the Hank, the Corys in there, the two Corys right. yeah. that are ragging on Feldman each other, and Hanger, yeah. chasing after ghosts, and that the Lost Boys y'all had a really, really good soundtrack. You think about the Lost Boys, and I mean, me being a metal guy, and and you were a, a, a rock and roller. I mean, that was the epitome of what to look like. That was the chick magnet to 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 so many women that fell in love with all of those guys. You had Billy Worth. Uh, <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, my wrong. Can take the mullet. If you can take a take the mullet away from Toscano for a second. You put that <laughs> on. Yes. You know, it makes you want to. You know, shave your chest, put a, you know, put baby oil all over yourself, and learn how to play a sax with a you know with a burning fire on the beach. That's what the lot. Yeah. Boys well, I think you know what the Lost Boys uh, was pretty creepy at times, but it was more. Um, it, it was identifiable with the younger audience. You know, with the high school audience, with the young college audience. Because they were young and they were vampires and things like that. Uh, one of the movies that goes along with that, I, maybe it was around the same time. Do you remember Fright Night? I do. That's a really Fright good Night, movie. Yeah. yeah. That was a yeah. Good, good movie, Fright Night. And yeah, I think both those movies uh, went hand in hand with the rock and roll type uh, of uh, behavior pattern or, or, or lifestyle at that time. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think with both those movies. When bringing up both those movies, that's kind of... Uh, like uh, a rocker's horror horror kind of uh, movie night. Would yeah. you not agree, to, JC? I, I do. And the and the and the 
the, the beauty of it is that a lot of the songs that were taken from the soundtracks from these 80s horror films became mainstream on 80s radio yes. you know, moving forward. You know, we're from yes. we're from California, so Los Angeles. We're talking about KRQ. We're talking about, you know, KMET back in the day before it became KLOS. These songs stayed on the radio after the film's promotion and stay with us still to this day. You know, mm-hmm. and it had some great covers in there. Actually, Echo and the Bunnymen, a really popular new wave band back in the 80s. Right. They did a really right. sincere cover of People Were Strange from the Doors. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. That's right. I, I remember that version. That's on the yeah. soundtrack of, of Lost Boys. And that's one of my favorite songs from the soundtrack. It's faithful to the original. Yeah, and that's what's interesting to me that uh, when we were talking in the beginning about the Miley Cyrus uh, doing, you know, uh, a cover song. And also, I've heard that she's trying to do or she's about to do Metallica songs. That's another story for another show. Stop it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Metallica sucks now anyway, but so I'll get that no, out of the way. Don't. So it doesn't stop matter who joins that Stop being bad. a hater. Now you're, now you're, hater. My 90s I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, and I hate you more. Hey, listen up. Let's take a quick break. This is Back to the 80s. When we come back, there's more madness here with JC, with Chang, and the mullet man myself. I'll be with you. That's right. I hate you. Oh, God, I hate you. You're listening to Back to the 80s. Welcome, friend. I've waited all year for this. And now, it's here. Back to the 80s, officially launching their radio show all across the land. And I'm sure you'll be there, right? <laughs> you want to reminisce about Halloween in the 80s? Here's your chance to join the party right in with your scariest story. And we'll pick one lucky fan to be on air to tell their story to the world. Toscano and Chang bring special guests to tell their tales of 80s fright, movies, music, and even guests from beyond. Don't miss the grand launch of Back to the 80s on Halloween. If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do? This is... Back, back to the 80s. All right, everybody. How is your world spinning this Friday? You are back with a legendary starlets in their own mind, Toscano and Chang, here at Back to the 80s with everybody's favorite captain, the Woo. captain of entertainment. <laughs> baby. JC is in the house and we are talking movies. We're going to be talking a little about a, a little bit about music. We're talking about everything and anything that happened in the 80s. And as Toscano pointed out before we left the break, I am the king hater of the 80s. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you and you and I hate you more. All right. Well, on that light note... That's a lot of hate. Yeah, it's a lot of, a hate. Lot of hate. So Perfect Halloween, though. So, as I mentioned to you guys I before... Hate. As I mentioned to you guys before, I, I really do like slasher films from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that took off, in my opinion, it took off really well. But then they didn't know how to stop. 
as with many movies, right? And that movie is the series, or that series of movies is none other than A Nightmare on Elm Street, where mm. I think they should have just left it at one. Yeah. At one. Uh, 1984. Yeah, it should have stopped. You know, and you're absolutely right. You know, they, these movies, they come out, they make a lot of money. They, they're in the black, which is what they want to do, obviously. But you can only ride that train. <laughs> Talking about the terror train. Oh. It's in the brain, brother. Drive, uh, brother. You can only ride that rail so long before it becomes dead. Literally yes. dead. Yes. It's boring. You know, how many, how many Friday the 13th, for instance, were they? Were like 13, I mean, 14 of yeah, them? Yeah, come on. They, they, took, okay. they took Jason Voorhees to space, okay? I mean, by that point, it was him and the leprechaun going to meet up over there. So... Uh, it's like the That's Leprechaun nice. movies. Remember what was that Leprechaun scary supposed to be scary it movie? It was Leprechaun. It was the Leprechaun. It was just yeah. Leprechaun, right? Yeah. So yeah, Jason Aniston was in that movie. In the first one. That's right. So Jason in oh. space. The Leprechauns in space. I was, I was going. You got to be kidding me. The they got to put a stop. The guy that played Willow played the Leprechaun. That's right. Right. That's right. But I don't know. I, I can't remember how many Friday the Thirteenth states. I mean, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. So Nightmare on Elm Street, yes, there was probably five or six of those. I have to agree with you, the very first one was, was classic. Yeah. Because it was it was just scary. And it, it was, was new, right? Scary. Nobody ever yeah. expected Johnny something Depp, like Johnny that. Johnny Depp gets sucked into a bed and turns into like a volcano of blood. Yeah. Come on. And nobody, that's, yeah. that's awesome stuff. It was you new know? for us. We weren't expecting scary. that. But then no. it got campy, it got corny. You know, yeah. and they wrote it out. The only one I honestly, in my opinion, after the original Nightmare on Elm Street that I can watch or go back and revisit is the Dream Warriors. Because that one actually was entertaining to me. They took it, but they added a, a nice twist to it. And again, had a pretty good soundtrack. You know, Dawkins covered the lead, sing- the, lead- the lead song on it. Oh, um, don't bring up that band to me. <laughs> Come on. Hey, there goes the hater again. <laughs> I hate that band. I hate that band. I hate that band. But, um, but, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, a lot of those movies, Friday the 13th, some movies, Halloween. I got to throw Halloween in yeah, there. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, with their remakes and things like that, you just got to know when to stop. Y'all. Yeah, let me tell you something. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something about the Halloween ones because I had never understood that this, sometimes the directors uh, didn't want the you know a certain movie to go in that same line and they wanted it to be a different you know basically it's a restart reboot right um, in 1998 Halloween H2O came out and Jamie Lee Curtis he's working at this at this uh, private school anyway make a long story short she gets into a fight with with uh, her brother Michael Myers and at the end of the movie, she cuts his head off, okay? You would mm-hmm. think, I mean, my kids saw this movie and they go, Dad, she cut his head off. Why is he coming back in a newer film? Yeah. Because Rob Zombie got on board and made it darker and gorier. Yeah. And, right. You know, he, he revisioned it, but he did it in his own special Rob Zombie way. So, yeah. You know, but you guys have to remember, if John Bobbitt could come back after Lorena Bobbitt cut something off, why can't the movie come back? Ooh. Oh! Wow. Oh! Well played. Oh. See what he did there, folks? Touche. 
Yeah. I'm surprised they haven't made a movie about uh, the Bobbit Slasher. No. See that? I see that. <laughs> mm. I will stay home and watch it. Uh, never. No. Never going to make my uh, watch list. Won't no. even make it on Netflix. Won't make, even no. make it on Pureflix. Won't even make it on uh, Pornhub. I don't even know. Well, maybe. Might make it on Pornhub. Now, a Halloween. Different. Now, Halloween. That's a whole different show. Yeah, now Halloween doesn't only bring us uh, great movies or brought us great mm -hmm. movies in the 80s, but it also, as you guys have mentioned already, has brought us fantastic soundtracks. And those mm -hmm. are soundtracks, those are songs that will continue way past those movies. And whenever, you know, people of our age uh, listen to them, they're going to go, oh, yeah, that, that song came out in so-and-so movie, but that's a great mm -hmm. song. Yeah. Bring back memories. That's, what, that's the beauty of songs. Songs yeah. bring back memories. You know, you can be you can be low, you can be high, you can be somewhere in between. You can listen to a song back from, like I said, the '80s was the soundtrack of our growing up high school years. Right. So, the majority of, of '80s songs, I can listen to a song now and remember a dance, you know, at the high school gym or something like that. I can remember mm -hmm. driving with my friends, you know, at the beach. Or something like that. So these songs that we're going to hopefully talk about remind you of when you went to go see this movie for the first time and then right. later on heard it on the radio because it still holds up. It still carries over. And these are songs that we can share with the next generation and hopefully that's been passed down and they appreciate it. Like and, and, and you know what? Uh, even the lost art. Yeah, and even if it's not yeah. a, a song, even if, even if it's just a musical masterpiece that came out in that movie and one of those because I can't let this following movie uh, pass us I have to mention it it's probably if not one of the biggest or if not the biggest uh, creepy or scary movie of the 80s 1980 The Shining oh man that's a classic I mean you could break that movie down into so many different uh, uh, levels I mean you can give Academy Award, uh, you can give the Oscar to, I'd say, both uh, Jack and, uh, uh, oh, I forget uh, the gal's name that played his wife. The acting was superb. Uh, the type of, uh, uh, of terror that you felt as you watched this movie with not really having to see anything that is demonically scaring in makeup or anything it goes back to like you said your imagination takes hold of you in that movie yeah. as a director oh Stanley Kubrick was the a king. freak Stanley Kubrick yes. was a freak so clockwork you know, orange look at what ooh. look look at that masterpiece yeah he put a whole new twist on that now later on they came out with a uh, uh, almost like a revisioning uh, version of The Shining where they went more by the actual novel that Stephen King wrote versus what mm -hmm. the movie did because Stephen King unfortunately for his own reasons and he can say it because well damn it he wrote it he's not right. a big fan of the way that, that Kubrick's vision took his movie um, he's not a big fan of The Shining that Nicholson was in because of the way that Kubrick re-envisioned it that happens a lot that's a personal fear of mine <laughs> you know, yeah. get handing over my script to, to a, a visionary director that's going to turn it into some art film that I never saw in my theater. Right, right. And, and that's, um, unfortunately, that's a big possibility. But it is, but it is. Yeah. It's still scary as hell. 
when you see those twins down at the end of the hall. Yes. In the broadcast, you know, here's the here's the thing. I feel, and I probably am not the only one that screams at a te- at the television screen or the movie theater. If you walk into a dark room, turn on a freaking light. Before some poltergeist, before some bad guys slashing your head off, before something comes out and scares with Jesus out of you, turn on a freaking light. The thing we talk about, The Shining, mm-hmm. all the lights were on, all the time. Mm-hmm. And the little boy and the little tricycle, the, the little right boy in the there. tricycle, yeah. Boy takes around the corner down his little tricycle and goes down that hall on, on, on his little big wheel and sees those twins in broad daylight in the middle of the hallway, just standing there, double dog yeah. staring at him to come, you know, play with us, baby, play with us forever. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> turn that thing around go somewhere else until that big ass lake of blood comes down the hallway and oh yeah you know never want to go in an elevator if i would have seen those two little i would have probably wet my pants and i would have been heading for the door i mean (laughs) you know and and you guys remember the great the late great Catman crothers yeah Yeah, he came out of how he was killed in that thing man and by the way jack nicholson's wife in the movie is shelly duvall by the way okay Olive oil herself. Olive oil oh, herself. Right. You know, there's a fantastic. <laughs> you know, if you're into watching behind the scenes stuff, there's a fantastic video on YouTube that shows the scene that Jack Nicholson has her trapped in the bathroom and he's axing his way through the, you know, through the bathroom door. Well, mm-hmm. it's that scene. So it's behind the scenes and how Jack Nicholson started to get ready for that particular moment. It's phenomenal because he starts getting into it. Uh, it's like a tantra that he does. Um, sure. He is just phenomenal in it. And it will blow you away. Here's Johnny! Yeah. He's, he's one of those actors that gets really deep into his character and it takes you like a minute to get out. You know, yeah. Heath Ledger was the same way with the Joker. Right. Uh, right. Leonardo DiCaprio's that way. Some of these actors, you just gotta stand the f back and let them do their magic. Right. Yeah. They're gonna be there for a while. Jack's not home anymore. Johnny came yeah. home when he yeah. made that movie. Exactly. Yeah. That's what Harry wrote. Exactly. And you you better freaking that. believe in every character I did. I become. <laughs> that cemetery. The original. The original. Yes. The cemetery. Right. Not the remake. Uh, the remake was. The remake was crap. Yeah. The, remake the remake was crap. Again, another movie that didn't need to be remade. It stood the test of time on its own the way that it was. Yeah. Just some things just leave the hell alone and let them do, yeah, I agree with you. You know, do their thing. They're not collecting dust because we're still dusting no. them off every year. Right. You know, and so you know, there's JT, a reason why they're classics. I yeah. would love to, to sit in and listen to a conversation with you and Mrs. Chang and my oldest daughter and my son-in-law because they are hardcore movie buffs, especially of the horror. My wife, I'm, I'm sure if my, when my wife listens to this show, she's going to eat up whatever valuable information that you're coughing up as we discuss it. I, I mean, would, she, I would, she I brought our girls up on... Oh, dude. One of these days will make it happen. Oh, my wife brought our girls up on 80s horror flicks. My girls, I used to say... My girls got balls like racehorses because they will not fear of anything on TV. Well, you know, the beauty no of the Pet Cemetery movie is that mm. the, the song, Pet Cemetery by the Ramones, and that to me I was going to bring that up earlier to you. Still, still stands as one of my favorite Ramones songs. Yeah. 
And the yes. video, if you go and watch the, the, the official music video that the Ramones did of that song, it's kind of, uh, unfortunately, it's kind of uh, hard to watch because, well, three or four of them are gone, you know? Yeah. Um, and ironically, they filmed a, a portion of that, not only in New York, but also in Los Angeles at Hollywood Forever, where two of them are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ironically, <laughs> They're yeah. currently there at rest now. So, yeah. um, but that song, Pet Cemetery by the Ramones, is awesome. It's 80s, mm-hmm. punk, new wave-ish. Um, I can listen to that song on loop. Um, and it came from a great film. And, you know, you know the song. You get the vibe when you listen to the words that Joey sings. You, you capture what's going to happen. And it's not going to be pretty. But you want to go down that road and you want to visit that pet cemetery anyway. So, yes, exactly. Who's are the song? Those are the ones that grab you. And it's like Dead Man's Party, but by Oingo, Oingo, Boingo. Boingo, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that's, that's Danny Elfman all over it. But that was oh, yeah. when he was making his transition from Oingo Boingo and saying goodbye, literally, from mm-hmm. Oingo Boingo and going into orchestration and, and soundtracks. Um, right. So Dead Man's Party holds up. Um, there's so many. But, I've got one. How about Planet Claire by the B-52s? Okay. All right. Why is, about, that, why, uh, is that why is that creepy? Why is that scary? Just say the from the first sound of uh, the synthesized uh, intro to it, and then she came from Planet Claire. I mean, yeah. you know what? That's kind of haunting, kind of a kind of like a an alien type movie. If yeah, you listen to the song, and you, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, I would have to say. Uh, any number of songs that David Bowie came out with back in the 80s always had some type of a theatrical haunting kind of realm to them. You know what was haunting yeah. to me are the B-52s. What's that? <laughs> mm. yeah, the B-52s were just haunting to you, period? They were haunting to me, yeah. It was yeah. those beehive hairdos that the girls had. Yeah. It was them yeah. and their way of singing uh, yeah. the lob- Rock Lobster or Rock, rock, lobster. rock Monster, wow. whatever it was. Oh, my God. Gosh. Yeah, rock lobster. It's kind of fun to go back and make a music video with a huge lobster walking through like Huntington Beach yeah. or yeah. something. Yeah, That's yeah, how no. I do it. And we gotta make it claymation, guys. We gotta make it like old school claymation, yeah. like rank, bank, you know, rank and bass type of claymation with the with the lobster going down Huntington Beach. You know, one of the oh, one yeah. of the scariest songs. I want to see that right now. <laughs> <laughs> one of the songs, the songs that usually creeped me out back then in the eighties, were. In, in Chang's favorite genre, which were in metal, especially songs uh, that had to do with, you know, uh, evil spirits and things like that. And I won't go into detail, but like I said, I don't. That's the that's the genre that I don't like to to talk about. So uh, well, how about um, well, talking about that? Mark of the Moon, the whole album, nineteen eighty three, yeah. Ozzy, right? Yeah. The video, the song. Oh no! Creepy all over. Yeah. Werewolf you know, man. Yeah. Man, Bobby I, I can go beyond werewolf. that. Uh, I can go way beyond that. Anything from Black Sabbath, especially uh, the album Black Sabbath did, uh, and it was called Born Again with the lead singer of uh, Deep Purple, Ian Gillen. I could go back into the time uh, Ozzy made his first album with Randy Rhodes, Mr. Crowley. When I used to hear that song, that one creeped me out, especially when the the whole slasher, the real life slasher, slasher of Richard Ramirez. Well, yeah, well, like Sympathy for the Devil was was you know had a big influence on him with that. 
Yeah. So, but so uh, so did uh, ACDC. Uh, some Judas Priest had an influence on him. Uh, the whole thing about him, the crazy thing is, uh, he was a Latino, a Raza. So he was a crazy head. And uh, something real scary is, I lived in the area where four of his killings were uh, had taken place. So I recall that uh, time and the mad fear that we all had in the neighborhood, in that whole general area, uh, that it could happen to you. Because like I say, uh, he was jumping on trains, jumping into, you know, jumping off of trains and coming into neighborhoods. And he would go in through windows. He a certain part of neighborhood, man. Yeah. He would go in through windows. I remember we were living yeah. in Santa Fe Springs at the time, but we had friends in Pico Rivera, which was mm-hmm. right next door to where lots of bad stuff happened. And where is it that they caught yeah. him? Remember that? Where they, they caught, caught him, him in East L.A. Yeah. He's, that's, the, that's the beauty of it. You know, okay, he, can, he, he, he eluded the cops. He was climbing in through windows. They jacked him up, and once he got in the barrio, there was no coming out. <laughs> well, that reminds me of a song. There, there was a song that Toto did of all bands called Stranger mm-hmm. in Town that came out in 84. Yeah. It's got a spooky mm-hmm. vibe to it. It's not a well-known song, but if you go back and listen to it, it has it, it sounds very reminiscent of what you guys talked about with Ramirez, too. Really? So that was 84 um, with Toto. Another thing that reminds me is that we're talking about... Oh, I got one for you, Chang, before I forget. 1986. Um, it was on Stevie Ray Vaughan's Live Alive album. Okay. It's called Willie the Wimp. Oh, yes. Okay. In his that's Cadillac coffin. That's based on a true right. story. Really? Was like, Willie the Wimp? Yeah, have you, have you heard that song, Siscano? No, I heard the story behind it, but not, not uh, the song. Oh, okay. There was an album that came out in tribute to Warren Devon, and there was about 12 or 13 cuts on it that were done in tribute to him by different artists now. Okay. Um, that was in 2015, I think, it came out. And Adam Sandler, of all people, covered Werewolves of London on that album. And it's a very faithful uh, tribute to the song. So check that out. Really? So really? So Werewolves Adam of Sandler? London, covered by Adam Sandler, originally by Warren Devon uh, in 2015. So check that song out. I now, I would like to hear that. Was it, Awoo, Werewolves of London? Awoo, Werewolves of London? <laughs> That's a very good one. So I love that song. Um, what else we got? Oh, well, the Smiths cover Cemetery Gates. That's like 81, I think. That came out like in 80. Oh, I'm sorry. 86. So, JC, let me ask you a question. Are you a fan of going on Halloween to places where they have festivals? For example, some pre- some cities have festivals where they show movies at cemeteries. Other places. Oh, the Dio de Muertos. Yeah. Uh, do you, yeah, do, you, okay. do you enjoy doing that? I I used to before I moved out here um, because, unfortunately, I haven't been to one out here in Las Vegas. When I was in, when I lived in Burbank, when I worked at, at the studio, we would go to Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Hollywood, yeah. you know, fun fact about me, Hollywood Forever Cemetery has a history with my, me and my family, and I'm a big fan of it. 
I love cemetery. For some reason. Me too, brother. So do I. Place to be. <laughs> wow, yeah, it is. Okay, but the, kind of the dark, huh? Dead <laughs> festival is on. Is a lot of people go there traditionally. I don't know. I hope. I hope they still go this this coming Halloween too. But they open Grave up the robbers. and they have these beautiful displays. These beautiful um, mantles made up about the right. families around Hollywood Forever Cemetery that you can literally take a walk. They they invite you to get dressed up. They invite you to dance and celebrate, bring music, food, lots of food, and everything like that. So that starts That's up like everybody's on drugs. <laughs> and then it, it carries over into November 1st, the morning of the, of the 1st. Um, so I used to go to Hollywood Forever Cemetery because they would have cemetery screenings there. They would literally, mm. they would literally show the movies on the back wall of the mausoleum wow. that uh, Rudolph Valentino's in right now. Uh, wow. They would literally, so you, so you'd be on the grass. They invited you to bring wine, dude. They they had food trucks before I left. They had food trucks come up into the cemetery. I've been to two movie premieres there that were released at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. So and now the area that. where they had everybody sitting down, were they on, uh, you know, actual tombstone. burial sites? No, that's, that's the thing. Um, if you if sitting you on tombstones, there's, there's a large mausoleum towards the back, the back left of the short story, the back end of the property of Hollywood Forever Cemetery the way it is now used to belong to Paramount Studios. It right. used to be where they would film the westerns back in the old days. Ah, the ah. cemetery got so big that the, that the cemetery needed extra property, so they bought the property from Paramount Studios, which is literally on the other side of the wall. Now, wow. Okay? So there are There's stories, for you. there are ghosts of movie because there's a lot of celebrities, there's a lot of actors there yeah. at Hollywood Forever that are buried there. Um, right. Convenient, you know. Uh, so... They're walking around. They're, they're Actors been die. But the grassy area married. that we were there to watch the premieres and the movies, no, it, it was basically haven't been used yet. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be buried over there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, anyway. But I want to be buried with my ass hanging out of the ground so you can park your bike there and say goodbye to me and kiss it. Oh, my God. <laughs> So we've been talking about movies, mayhem. We've been talking about music, and it's just been great having JC and Chang, and you know, looking at both of you guys after so many years of not being together, all three of us. JC, somewhere, somebody just told me in my left ear that you have a spooky story for us. Mm. We're all ears. Hold on, let me pull my pants back up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What are you, in the bathroom? We don't want none of that, whatever you're doing, to go on with this story. Um, back in 80, uh, 91, when I got out of the Air Force, I drove uh, home from Arkansas to California. And on the way, I stopped in um, Lincoln County, New Mexico. Uh, it was just me, my truck and I. And uh, I'm a big fan of Westerns and people like that. And, you know, stopping along the way for this road trip. So I wanted to go see where Billy the Kid was buried. Mm. So in uh, Fort Sumner in Lincoln County, New Mexico, uh, there is a graveyard. Um, there is like a little visitor center. It's out there in the middle of nowhere. It's off the regular path of the 40. Um, so 
it was just uh, me. And I remember it being some sort of holiday weekend. I can't remember exactly what, but it doesn't matter because it was a Sunday night and there was a little uh, ranger station next to the visitor center there and they were both getting ready to close up as I had driven up and parked. So I wasn't able to go in the tourist center and see all the little collectibles, but I wanted to go see the graveyard. I wanted to go see where Billy the Kid and some of the people were buried. Um, any of you guys are fans of the Young Guns movies that... Uh, yeah, well, Emilio Estevez, probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. Okay, so some, you know, those are loosely based on, you know, some facts, and some of the people that were especially mentioned in the first movie were supposedly buried with him, the real-life yeah. Billy the Kid, in the cemetery. So I wanted to see that. Um, so I went. I remember turning on... I was only gone from my truck, and everybody was kind of leaving. The, the, the little uh, museum was closing up, and people were leaving, so didn't have a whole lot of people left. So I remember having my truck radio on because I wanted a little bit of like almost like a soundtrack because I was video recording this, and I had one of those big ass bulky brick size video recorders they had back in the day that would weigh ten pounds and sit on your shoulder type of thing. So I'm waking my way through the cemetery, and you can't miss Billy the Kid's grave if it's still the same way now, because it's got a huge-ass uh, makeshift jail cell wrought iron thing made over the top of it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's rusted, you know, and everything's been out there forever. And later on, I found out that uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, yeah. Um, can't read the whole thing. Um, anyway, oh, yeah. He's a Chavez. Yeah, Chavez A. Chavez. Can't give any notes. Um, <laughs> but basically, there's this big, huge jail cell looking thing that's over the top of the grave site. And Tom Foyard and Charlie Baldry are buried next to Billy the Kid, supposedly in the cemetery. And there are tombstones for them. The problem is that Billy the Kid's tombstone was stolen so many times by grave robbers and whatever, that uh, Pat Garrett Jr., Pat Garrett Jr. was actually his grandson, put this makeshift thing as almost like a statement, you know, for the family, that they finally captured Billy the Kid, and he's in jail forever, type of thing. I thought it was kind of a dick move, but whatever. So anyway, that that is there. I don't know if it's still there now, but that was back in 91. So I go there... And I noticed that it got ironically dark really fast. I mean, faster than it normally should have. And there's not a whole lot of trees. There's not a whole lot of things blocking out the sun. It just got darker faster. And um, I, I videotaped my thing. After watching the videotape later on, when I got home, I saw shadows in the background that there was nobody in the cemetery but me. But there were shadows as if there was people or things moving around way in the distance, though. So that was interesting. Um, but when I got back to my truck, my battery was dead. And again, I was only gone for maybe five minutes. Ten minutes tops. Right. But my dead, my, my radio was working fine. My lights were working just fine. Your car just wouldn't start. It wouldn't, it wouldn't turn over almost like the alternator was dead. It didn't even make that whirring sound. It just was dead. So I thought that sucked. And I was looking around... And there wasn't a whole lot of uh, regular 
people's houses in that area because it's out again it's out there in a desolate area so i started Everyone's walking dead out there well at first i thought you know because it, it got dark by the time i got to the truck i'm like i'm just gonna sleep the night and i'll i'll start fresh in the morning maybe one of the rangers will come back you know and visit mm-hmm. but uh that took me about 10 minutes or so and i was like well screw this i'm not sitting outside of the cemetery i'm gonna go for a walk see if i can get somebody to help me I went to two neighbors, and neither one of them opened their door for me. So, that didn't help me. By the time I got back to the truck, there was this um, old, really old, um, service truck. Like a maintenance, like a gasoline station truck from like Mayberry days, like Uber's truck. This guy Mm -hmm. drove up. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have any way of calling anybody, so I don't know how this guy knew I was there. But this old rusted out truck just happened to come directly to me, stop, this guy got out in these old oiled up dirty grungy overalls, this guy was like tall and lanky, um, <laughs> and he gets out, he, he nods, he didn't say a word to me, he just kind of nods for me to pop up my hood, and he had one of these old fashioned uh, battery chargers that was like almost like carry on luggage type of thing with a handle. He hooked it up. My truck started. He got back in it. He wouldn't shake my hand. I put my shake my hand to shake it, you know, and wanted to give him some money. He wouldn't take it. And he took off. As soon as he got maybe a hundred feet down the, the road, the dirt road, his tail lights, and he only had one of them, were were off. It was like his tail light disappeared, like wow. out of view, like. And there was no hill. There was no turn. There was no nothing because I know because I went down that road coming in. Right. So I uh, I got out of there really quick. Um, I don't know what his story was about, and I wasn't going to stick around waiting for him to come back. Yeah, he was going to come back and, with a chainsaw. And I didn't wow. know what to do with the cemetery. I thought maybe, you know, some ghosts were taking, playing tricks on me with my truck or whatever. Uh, but I wasn't sticking around. Well, it was, so, bi- sounds like Billy the Kid sent AAA. From his era, uh, I guess so. Oh, yeah. But I got it on film. But that's when I when I got home. It was an old. It was one of those uh, VHS type of uh, directive video cameras recorders. So you still have it? Video. You still have the tape? Uh, oh well, somewhere I don't know where now. It's probably in storage back in California now. Oh. But yeah, I got it wow. somewhere. That's crazy. But the, but the shadows, the shadow things in the background, not too far beyond where that uh, wrought iron looking. Uh, uh, jail cell looking thing was right, right. walking around and they were walking around it wasn't like they were hovering or like headlights or anything because there was no light there was no lights to create them I think um, they were wondering what to do with you yeah they're far wondering whose piece of crap truck so. is this <laughs> <laughs> alright well you've heard it right from the voice of JC <laughs> this has been back to the 80s stick around because next week on Halloween, our grand Halloween launch. So this has been Back to the 80s. I'm Toscano from Toscano and Chang, wishing you a great weekend. JC, thanks for being with us. I hope you can come again. This is your really this is your home away from home, brother, so uh, you're welcome anytime. Love it. Chang, my brother. Oh, come out there and visit your family and talk ghosts. For sure, for sure, my brother. And, and Captain... Entertainment, it was a joy and a pleasure to sit by you again and share the microphone and uh, 
a lot of uh, a great laughs. I look forward to uh, your next pop into the uh, show. And before I release you all to this glorious weekend, remember, stay lifted and gifted. Uh, go out there and smile. Help somebody that needs help. Stand up for somebody or something bigger than yourself. Always put a smile on your face and treat everybody like they're your brother and sister. Adios, arrivederci, hasta la vista, hasta luego. And to all my homies and homets in the barrio, orale. Oh,